good morning. Today's daf is daf Tzadi Hey. We're going to go from Tzadi Dalar Ramud Beis uh, 94b. Uh, and today's share is Le'ilu Nishmas Avram Ben Yaakov. May his Neshama have an Ali and may his memory be a blessing. Um, so the Gemara uh, was discussing, Rebbe said there's a Takana that if a thief comes to return, a stolen item, or someone who's been lending with ribis comes to return the theft, we don't accept it from them. And we said the reason was because it makes it very hard for them to do children. Now, we just mentioned, just to summarize it quickly, Rabbeinu Tam mentioned, uh, they asked the question, he says, but wait, we see everyday court cases about people having to return what they stole, etc. So Rabbeinu Tam gave the answer. He said, yeah, it was unique to Rebbe's time. It was just in Rebbe's generation that they had that gazera, and therefore it doesn't apply anymore. And interestingly enough, as I pointed out, he brings the whole list of prices where they challenge this, or the, all these challenges that we ask on this are all from Rebbe Chia, who was a contemporary of Rebbe, which makes sense because it's only in Rebbe's generation that this gazera stood. Um, the, uh, but we saw the, the re gave another answer, and but that we... Is, is, that, is that irrelevant? way of thinking in today's times. I mean, you, if you said it's only in those times, there's so mm-hmm. many things today that we could adjust because it's only in these times that do. Yeah, so, 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 so you're asking just in general what that in kind general, of why do we say? So, so what, I mean, what Rabbeinu Tam's picking up on here is, I mean, I don't know how apparent it is from the, from the Gomorrah, he must have stronger eyes, but is is that we just don't see the world? We don't see based in. We don't see Jews practicing like that. So why would they be going against the Xerah? Must be it was for Rebbe's time. Let me just see if you. Know. Yeah, so it is difficult. Just in general, Gezeiras, it's a tricky question. When would, why should a Gezeira that doesn't seem relevant to us still apply? And interesting enough, if you look, some Gezeiras we say, well, they don't really apply. And some we say, well, that's the Gezeira, we keep it other way. Um, in some aspects, I mean, interestingly, yeah, let's uh, let's leave it at that for today's show. Um, then we said the re gave an answer which we were much more com- I don't know if comfortable is the right word. That made a lot more sense to us. And he said, no, the difference is there. This brisa, this takon of Rebbe, is dealing with a uh, professional. He's a guy who's been stealing his whole life, or for a long time, or someone who's been a moneylender with Rebbe's for a while. So therefore, if you're going to expect them to return, they're going to end up completely uh, ruined, and they're not going to want to do, to return everything, or the ribbies they took, or to return the theft that they stole. They're not going to, uh, they're not going to be able to handle it, and they're not going to do tshuva. Um, remember, the reason Rebbe made this takana, we're going to, it's going to become relevant to the top of the next amud, was um, in response to a husband saying he wants to do tshuva, and his wife coming and saying, to, and return all that he has stolen. His wife coming along and saying to him, "Are you crazy?" If you want to return what you've stolen, you're going to have to even take your belt off and give it to them and return it. 
and therefore he didn't do tshuva. So Rebbe wanted to enable people to do tshuva, and therefore he uh, made that takana. We were just challenging that Rebbe really make that takana, because we see examples where it seems that they did return or accept the return of ribis and stuff like that. So that's where we going to go from today. Oh, there was a third answer, interesting answer that I mentioned yesterday. Tosos um, refuted, but other Rishonim uh, are happy with it. Let me just remember it. Um, yeah, a different a distinction is, are they coming to do tshuva, or are they being sued and they have to pay back the damage they did? So if someone's coming to do chupa, we make it easy for them and we don't exp- and we say, you know what, you don't have to I forgive you, you don't have to return the money. But if they, you, there's a thief and someone stole something for you and you need to fight them for it, then, and they're not coming to do chupa, then you would be allowed to. That's the, that's the third answer. Tos aren't happy with that. Um, again, one of the reasons being, I think, fairly straightforward is, well, then obviously anyone just comes, you know, actually I'm doing chupa. And then all of a sudden he doesn't have to return what he stole. Okay, so those are the answers there. Um, Shulchan Aruch does seem to kind of bring the Re's answer and the third answer. Um, okay, but let's get into our sugya. So we were just, we, we challenged this, um, we challenging this idea that Rebbe said you can't accept from ribis or from theft. So it's Tosh, um, the fourth wide line on Tzadi Dalet Amgvayz. So it's Tosh, Mahagazlani Mimilbe Biribos, Afal Pisha Govu Mahziri. If someone stole or someone lent with ribis, even though they have already collected, you return it. Now the Gemara is just first going to focus on the language of the Brisa that says, what if someone stole something, even if they've collected it, they return it. What, what do you mean if you've stolen something and collected it? Did you steal it via Uber delivery <laughs> or take a lot? How do you steal like that? So he says, yeah, guzzling my shit, gavu ikka. What does it mean by thief if they've collected it? He gozzle gozzle. If they've stolen it, they've stolen it. And he loy gozzle, loy gozzle. If they haven't stolen it, well, then they haven't stolen it. Where does this collection come in? So, Ella Ema Hagazlanim, Umay, Nihu, Milvabiribus, thieves. And what we mean in this context is those who lend with interest. Afal Pisha Govu, even though they've already collected the interest, Mahzirin, they have to return it. I think the novelty of this, if you think about it, with ribis is you give it, I mean, you're upset to give it over, but you give it over willfully. You never go and say, it's not that you're being forced to pay it, it's you, you give it, it's not being stolen from you, you give it willfully, and still, once it's been collected, he has to return it. But again, this seems to be against um, Rebbe, who said we don't accept ribis, returns of ribis, to make it easy for people to do So, Omri, Mazirin, Vain, Makabi, Mayhem. He says, no, you, they try return it, they have to return it, but you don't accept it from them. So then why do they bother trying to return it? Lot says, they shemaim to fulfill their heavenly obligation. Um, let's read the next one and then we'll ask a few questions because it's a similar line of thinking. Toshma, haroim bahagaboim. Oh, we'll discuss it here and then the next one will be a bit easier. So... It's a little bit difficult. What says Lot says your day Shomayim? So I think, on the one hand, as I pointed out, there might not be a monetary obligation to return what you took of Ribis because he gave it to you happily. I don't know if, as I said, I don't know if happily is the right word when it's Ribis, but he gave it to you willfully. It wasn't stolen. And therefore, but there's still a heavenly obligation to do Chuba to return it. Now, on the surface, what I think is the easiest shot is that someone borrows with interest, they want to do tshuva, so they come and they say, 
here's your, here, I'm happy, I want to do tshuva, here's the interest, and you say, no, don't worry. Um, you don't have to, that's how you fulfill this, and they have fulfilled their heavenly obligation because they tried to do it, and they just can't. That's the one way of looking at it. Um, but it doesn't seem to be the standard way. Lot says your days, your minds. So, so, I mean, that would be saying if you try to return it, it's as if you returned it, which is a little bit difficult because I looked, I was looking at some of the other commentaries, and they seem to say, like in Tur and Shulchan Aruch, and they seem to say you literally, you kind of have to return it, um, and then it would be almost that. If you're lucky and they accept it, then it's Yotzei Yadei Shomayim. But I, find, I, I, I was struggling with just the general flow of the discussion of if we put ourselves in the thief's mindset. So he's, a, he's stolen or he's borrowed, lent with ribis, and now he wants to do tshuva. So he's contemplating returning it. But on the other hand, we say he's going to be, if you say that he has to return it, he's going to be reluctant to do tshuva. So we therefore say that you don't accept it from him. So now what? Is his mindset, this thief, or this uh, lender, loan shark, is his mindset that, well, I'm going to try to return it and I might or might not have to, they might or might not accept it. Rebbe's told them they shouldn't, but it doesn't seem to be ironclad. I mean, like I'm just trying to work out what's going on here. Why is he, if the whole problem is he's not going to want to do tshuva because he's going to have to give back all his interest, well then, it should be a blanket rule that you can't accept it from him. And then where does, to fulfill heavenly obligation. If he stands up, and then yeah, on the flip side, so he knows they're not going to accept it from him because of Takhanus Rebi, and he stands up to say, to fulfill my heavenly obligation, I want to return it, like has he fulfilled his heavenly obligation because he's just going through the motions of saying, I want to return it, I know you're not going to accept it, and the guy's not going to accept it. So, I mean, I mean, the Bach, that's why I think the Bach wants to learn that he actually, he's not, it's a, it's a, they, they just, Rebbe almost says you shouldn't return it, but, that, but you shouldn't accept it, but you can, and therefore the thief has this on his, in the back of his mind, and therefore he is sincerely, when he says I'm going to return it, he is sincerely taking a chance that he might have to return it, but on the other hand, it's easier for him to do it knowing that he might not have to return it. That's, but again, do you see why I'm just struggling with what's... How's this helping the thief to tshuva? And how's he fulfilling his heavenly obligation if he knows he won't have to return it? Okay. The shepherds, tax collectors, customs officials, tshuvas and kashel mahazirin lemikirin. For them to do tshuva is very difficult and they return it to those they recognize. So we should say, they said, what, you, they try return it, but you don't accept it from them. So why are they returning it? So no, Lot says, they should want to fulfill their heavenly obligation. Then why is it so difficult for them to do tshuva? Again, similar, similar debate. If he's going to say, well, I need to do tshuva, I need to return all the unfair commission I took off uh, as a customs official, um, I'm going to try to return it, but no one's going to accept it. Why is it hard for him to do tshuva? So this is, and if you look at the next clause, it says, what happens if you don't recognize all the people you took from as a shepherd, tax collector, or customs official? You do some communal work, for example, Rav says, you make uh, pits and 
water things. You, you fix up the water infrastructure so that people have water to drink when they're traveling. Um, but again, yeah, along those lines, do something that contributes to the community because then you're hopefully returning to the people you took from. Um, but again, why is the chuva so difficult? And why would you have to build these public works? We should not accept them. Oh, you're coming to do chuva, that's wonderful. You don't have to return. You don't have to pay back. So, no, there's no difficult. Here is before the Takona, and here is after the Takona. I remember Rebbe's towards the end of the Mishnah period. He was the one who compiled it. So any Mishnah or something that you read could very well, very easily be from before that. And that's where this Bryce that said you would return it. But Einachinam is subsequent to Rebbe. You would not necessarily accept this. Now the Gemara gives a different answer based on an almost a new premise. But now that Rav Nachman's qualified it and said, this is all, this whole previous discussion, the old Takon is where the Gzela is not in existence anymore. Well, you know, before we get there, what Rav Nachman's done is made a, I think it's a good distinction, but it's a, a radical from how we've been understanding it up to here. Rav Nachman's saying, if the item you stole is still in existence, or the money you stole is still in existence, you have to return that. This that Rebbe and the people will accept your returning of the theft. When did Rebbe say you should not accept? If a thief comes to return to you what he stole, you should not accept it. That's where it is. Um, here is where. Uh, Sorry, my mind went blank. Um, oh, that if, if, if you've already consumed it or sold it or when the thief's disposed of it, that's when you have to, that Rebbe's applied, don't accept it from him because now he's going to be suffering a serious loss because he doesn't have the item he stole anymore and he has to pay back. That's almost coming from what's personal to him. So now he says, I div- I div- I div- here they both after the takana can begzele kayemis can beshaina zele kayemis and the brayso which says that you have to return it and build uh, communal works is where it's still in existence and the other brayso the case of the thief whose wife said don't you children that's where the gzele is not kayemet oh you're telling me the case with the wife and the thief what did she tell her husband she said if you're going to return your theft you're going to have to return even the belt. She says, well, I've made the That sounds like it is in existence. So, Rebbe, so how Rav Nachman's explained it, you should still accept it from him. And that's specifically where, in response to that, that Rebbe said, don't accept it from him. So he says, no, my Avnate, Demnei Avnate. When the wife said, you're going to have to return even your belt, she said, you're going to have to return even the value of your belt. I, basically, everything you've spent has been through stolen money. And therefore, you're going to end up in a lot of trouble. You're telling me that wherever the Xayla is in existence, the rabbis did not make this Takana. says, Vahal Morish, what about the store, the beam? The Xayla Kayemes, I'll explain what that is soon. The Xayla Kayemes, the Xayla is Kayemes, but Tnan Al Hamorish Hagazul Shebonu Babiri, if someone took this stolen beam and built it into the house, Shehitil Domov. He has to pay the money. 
for Takonas Hashavim. The case of the beam is he takes the beam as it is, he steals it, and then he puts it as, let's say, a rafter in the roof. So the beam is still in existence. Now, based on what we've just said, is well, if the item you stole is still in existence, you should have to return it. When's the takana to help people who have done tshuva? Is when the item's no longer in existence. But again, we see that they made the takana even where the item is in existence, this beam that was built into the house. So he says, no, shiny, awesome, the kiven, the ikab, say that the beer, since you'll have to destroy the house, shavya rabbon and The rabbis viewed it as if it's not there. And since he is going to have to suffer a loss, he's going to have to dismantle his house, undo his roof to get out this rafter that he stole, that is considered not there anymore, I guess, because, I mean, how I described it was, when the item's still in existence, he's not suffering a loss, because he just gives the item back, and it hasn't affected his financial status, but where it's not in existence and he's going to have to pay from his bank account or sell something of his own to, to get the funds to pay back, or like this case, dismantle his house to return the stolen item, that is considered as if it's no longer there anymore and you would have to return it. Just interestingly, it seems that Rebi's takona was that if the item's no longer in existence, you don't accept it at all. If the item is in existence, then you accept it, you, you, can, you can accept the item that is in existence. If the item's in existence, but it's going to cause him a loss, like here where you'd have to dismantle his house, then he has to, you're right, we don't expect him to give the item back, but we still expect him to pay. There seems to be three levels there. Um, okay, but let's carry on in the sugi, okay? So we go on to the, new, uh, the next point in the Mishnah. Cheers, brother. So the Mishnah said, Gozul if you steal a pregnant cow and it gives birth, or Rochel Tuna, a laden sheep, full of wool, but Gozazai, and you share it, Meshalem de May Parahamulberis, Haoim Tetzlele, you pay back the value of a cow about to give birth, or to May Rochel Haoimeris Ligzos, or a sheep that is about to be sheared. Uh, you don't have to pay for the shit the Yeah. Well, let's see. Tonra Bon and Hagazarochaba Gazas of a Yolda. If you steal the sheep and then you shear it or it gives birth, Mashalim Oisa, the Eskizusel, the Espadusel, Tivre Rebi Meir. Rebi Meir says you have to pay for it and the shearings and the child if it gave birth. I, according to Rebi Meir, even paying the improvement. If you stole a sheep with wool, and you shear it, and it would be the same thing as a, sh- a sheep that gives birth. And you shear it, and then it gives birth. It's now gone, there's the value of the sheep and the value of the wool, so it's gone up in value. Um, <coughs> it's gone up in value, and you wouldn't have to... Um, So, so, so Rabbi Meir holds, you have to pay for the improvement as well. Rabbi Yehuda, Aymer Rabbi Yehuda says, Gezele chazeres ba'ena. No, the gzela you return as it is. What does that mean? Rashi explains. You return the sheep as it is, the item that you stole, and then you pay. you don't have to give the wool that you sheared or thing, because that's more than what you stole. You pay in the difference to make up a sheep with wool that would have been sheared versus this sheep that doesn't have any wool on it. 
So that's that. And Rabbi Shimon, I mean, Rabbi Shimon says, Roin also ki iluhi shuma et kesef. No, you just view it as if it was money that he stole. Right, so now, if you think about it, and this the Gemara is going to come to a bit later, is that we're just going to deal with Rabbi Meir first, but I'll just mention it now. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon seem to be saying you're paying the same amount. Point to Rabbi Yehuda, you give the sheep plus the amount the sheep was worth because it had wool when you stole it. And Rabbi Meir says you work out the value of the sheep at the time you stole it. I have a sheep and its wool before it's here, and you pay that. So what's the difference between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon? That will get you in the Gemara, but... First, let's deal with Rebbe Meir. So, Rebbe Meir was the one who says, you have to give back the animal and the shearing. So, you boil who? My time is Rebbe Meir. What's the reason for Rebbe Meir? A shinu stays as it is. You ignore a shinu. So, this wool that was on the sheep that you stole, even though you sheared it, it still belongs to the original owner. That's the one version. Or perhaps, really, Shinu is Koine. So the wool that you sheared off the sheep, or the fetus that the sheep gave birth to, now belongs to the thief. However, Rebbe Meir says you have to give it back as a penalty. And this is so that the, um, we don't want it to be worth the thief, we don't want to let the thief gain from his theft. Because what happened here? He stole a thief that was full of wool. He shears it. He gets to keep that wool. So he's gaining yeah. shevach from his theft. So we don't want him to. So which one is it? Is it that he doesn't hold that the shinu counts? I, it still really belongs to the original owner. Or does he hold that it's, no, shinu is koine, but here there's a penalty. What difference does it make? At the end of the day... Either way, you're giving back the wool according to Rebbe Meir. It says, What happens if it goes weaker? If the reason is because Well, then you can say, I know this, I know this sheep I stole from you has gone down in value. Shinu doesn't count. Here's your sheep as it is, that I stole. But if you say it's a knas, it's a penalty, well then... By the fact that it's changed, it's gone down in value, he would have to actually pay back the amount that he stole and not necessarily the, sh- the sheep. So, so, so again, so, we try and, so we're going to try and deal with Rebbe. Our question on Rebbe Meir, is it that he doesn't hold by Shinui or is it that it's a knas? So Toshma. If you steal an animal and it gets old, or a slave and it gets old, so now it's gone down in value, you pay back the value at the time you stole. Rabbi Meir says, With slaves you can say, Behold what is yours is in front of you. Now, the slave, as we'll see, the reason is because he says a slave is like land, and land never really gets considered stolen. So, so to a slave is never considered stolen, and that's why with the slave you give it back. But let's focus on the animal. So, according to Rebbe Meir, the animal you pay back its value at the time of theft. Now, if you're going to tell me that Shinui stays as it is, I feel even the animal you should be able to return as is. Must be Rabbi Meir holds that a Shinui does acquire, so he, the thief acquires this animal and that's why he's paying 
paying for the value of a time as well. And now just bahacha, oh, so why in our case, when you've sheared it, and now it's so much more valuable, the wool, kanasahu de kokonis, it's a penalty that the rabbi imposed on the thief. Okay, so that's the suggested answer to our question. And Omar, Omri, they said, no, Rebbe Meir could be responding to the Rabbonon. Rebbe Meir could be saying, according to me, Shinu does not acquire, and therefore, even with the animal, you don't pay the value of what it was stolen, you give it back as it is now, because it's ne- you've never acquired it. It's always belonged to the region, to the owner you stole it from. But according to you, Damir to Shinu Koina, who says that Shinu Koina, you should agree that the slave is like land, but Karka ain't an exelis, and land is not stolen. I, Rabbon, in the first opinion, you saying that even if you stole land, um, you give it back. Here we're saying that, uh, sorry, if you stole land, you don't have to, you, you give it back as it is because land is never considered stolen, so too with the slave. And they said, the Rabbonin responded, An Evet, a slave, is like metaltalin. So the slave and the animal have the same halacha, and therefore they argue with Rabbi Meir, but we actually don't have a conclusive proof of how Rabbi Meir learned, so we try to answer it again. Toshma, come in here. You give wool to a dyer to dye it red and he dyes it black, or you gave it to him to dye it black and he dyes it red. You give him the value of the wool. You don't have to pay for the value of the wool and the improvement. Remember, whichever one's more valuable, red or black, dyed wool is going to be more valuable than undyed wool. So you just have to pay the back the value of what you stole. You don't have to pay back. You don't have to give him this wool that he gave you to die. That's improved. It says, now, does not acquire the mates. He has to give him the wool and its improvement. Because you have to give the wool that's now black or red to him and he gets the improvement as well. So, you see conclusively that Rabbi Meir holds Shinui is koine, and this that the rabbis say, when you steal a sheep and then you shear it, you steal the sheep and then it gives birth and you have to give it all back, is a penalty. So that you don't gain from the improvement from stealing. Now, Ikat Omri Sam have a different version. That was never a question to us. We knew that Rabbi Meir always held Shinui koine. Why? Because Rav later on reverses the opinions and teaches. He says if you steal a cow and it grows old or slaves and it grows old, you pay at the time of soul, according to Rabbi Meir. And it's the Chachomim who said that with slaves you can say Rachel Cholovanecho, Vadai the Rebbe Meir Shinu Koina. Rebbe Meir definitely holds Shinu Koina, Vahacha Knosso Hudu Kokonis, Lay, and Al Mishnah, or the, well, the Brysa, is discussed is that he holds you have to pay a Knasa penalty. So that's, so that's not a question, that's obvious to us. Shinu Koina, and it's a Knasa. Kiko i Boilon, Hachi i Boilon. When we asked, this is what we were asking. When he K 
Shikakhanis were amazed. Abu Shaykh Lakhanis, Oidil Mafilu Shaykh Nami Khanis. When he applies the penalty, is that only when the person steals on purpose? Or is it where he steals by mistake? Do we still say there's the penalty? We'll see over page of the example of how you steal by mistake. Huh? Really funny. Yeah, so let's we'll get there. But that's the question is this class is it even where someone steals by mistake? So Toshma, come in here. There are five people who can collect from a churarin. Remember, that's Bene Khorin. If a person has a debt or something and then he sells the land, that's incumbent property. Sometimes you can collect from the incumbent property, that land that has been sold, since you're entitled to being paid first. And sometimes you can only collect from free property, what the guy actually has, not what he's subsequently sold. Now, what are these five? So the first one's the important one for us. I'm just going to explain it as we do it. For Elohim, Peros, Veshevach Peros. If you have right to Peros, or the Peros have gone up in value, you can't collect that value from land that was already sold. You can only collect the value from land that the guy currently has. Says what's a makabel or love laws on it ben ishto or bas ishto if someone accepts to support the son or the daughter of his wife either from another husband and he accepts to support them they can't sue him and collect from lekuchos they can only collect from what he currently owns v'get chov any loan document she'ain bo achrayos that does not have achrayos written in um, we'll come back to that but basically remember you were assuming that you have to write in the document. Um, I'm lending you this money and your land becomes bonded, mishtabeid. If you don't, then it's not mishtabeid. So then if you would sell land and then the guy comes to collect the debt, you can't collect from that sold land. And similarly, as Ksubitz Isha, that does not have a chrais. Who's the opinion that holds a chrais is not toysofer? And this last point I mentioned, this that you have to write in the shtar, the land is bonded to me. According to the one opinion, that you take for granted. So even if it's left out, you assume it was part of the deal, and it's the sofer who made a mistake. Rabbi Meir holds no. It only applies if it's written into the document. So here we see that that's only possible according to Rabbi Meir. Tanya, and he said, regarding the produce and the improvement of the produce. Now the Gemara, Shevach Peros, Hechidami. What's the case of Shevach Peros? I, I have a right to Peros, and now the question is, I want to collect the improvement of the Peros. Can I collect from Mechurarin? So what's the improvement of Peros? So, You stole a field from someone, he sold it to another person, and improved it. Now it's been confiscated. Because it was stolen, it's been confiscated and given back to the original owner. So when he comes to collect payment from the thief, again, this person who bought the land from this thief and now it's been confiscated, so he's coming to get reimbursed by the thief. It He can collect the karen, either actual value of the land, from Encumbered fields, the Esa Shevach Menachos in Bnei and the improvement from Bnei Chorin. That's the Shevach Peros. The Asa Bal Ara Veshokil Are Veshavcha. Now, this owner of the land that took it and improved the land, my love, 
We must be speaking about Amoritz who doesn't know the halacha of where the land stolen or not. Ah, he must think that when he bought this land, it was the thief and the thief was entitled to sell it. He didn't know that it was going to just get taken back and given. So we see that the owner of the land comes and takes the land with its improvement. Right? This original owner that the thief stole from and then sold it, which it then got improved, when the original owner comes to take it back, he takes it back with the improvement. So we see the knas is even with someone who stole on the stake. Because that guy didn't know he was stealing. He, he knew he was buying from a thief, but he thought it was considered the thief's and that he was a valid, a valid uh, purchase. We see that even by mistake it is a conis. So there, that's how you get stolen by mistake. So Omri, they said, no. No, not necessarily. But okay, Tamil Chacham, we can be dealing with a Lokas, who is a Tamil Chacham, and he knows that he shouldn't know, and he knows that it's Karka, Einan, Ixelis, and that's why he has to pay the penalty, because he did it on purpose. He bought stolen land, knowing that it's not really considered stolen, and therefore he's punished with his penalized. Okay, Toshma come in here. It's all Adam Vitova Shofa, Shofa Adam. Again, the case he gave will to be dyed and he red and it was dyed black or the other way around. You pay him back for the value of his will. The mate simro in the mate simro vishakhalo. You see you don't have to pay for you don't have to give the wool and its improvement back. It says If you're going to tell me that even Bashoigeg you penalize him, well then the person should take the wool and its improvement. He should take. He should, doesn't get the value of the wool that he gave the dyer. He takes the wool that's been dyed red, and he, now he's got the improvement as well. You can't take the dye out of the wool after it's been dyed. Yeah. So that's why we said. So so again. So if you hold, he gets the shach, but then he just takes the wool and he gets the shach. It's my wool. Oh, you put red in it. I don't ask you to put red. I ask you to put black in it. So I'm taking it and keeping it. Um, um, yeah. So, so, but, but, but the fact that it says no, you just pay the value of the wool. We see you don't get that. We see that you only do this when it's on purpose and not when it's by mistake. This penalty that you lose, that you have to give back the shvach as well, is where the theft is done. But remember, this person who does the wool is stealing, but he's stealing by mistake. And that's why he doesn't have to pay. He just has to pay the value of the wool. And the owner of the wool can't take the wool with its new improvement. Shmami now, that's conclusive. Okay, now we're going on to Reb Yehuda. So the next pinya. So Reb Yehuda, the wool is returned as, the theft is returned as it is. I, look, again, it applies whether the animal had wool and was sheared or whether the animal was pregnant and gave birth. And when we switch to when it's stolen and then it grows wool, or it's stolen and then it became pregnant, it's the same halacha. So I'm going to try, unless the Gomorrah changes, I'm going to mention the shearing example. So Rabbi Yudah says you return the theft as it is. And Rabbi Shimon, you view it as if it's kesef. Now, what's the difference? At the end of the day, they both say you pay the value of the sheep at the time it was stolen, I the sheep with ansh, with wool on it. So my benay, so Omar Azvid, Besheva Shalka Begzela Kamefligi, they arguing with the Sheva that's on the Gzela. I you're right. If the improvement the improvement happened under the thief, 
therefore it kind of should be his, the feet. However, it's the wool on the animal, or it's a fetus in the animal. So in that case, how would you paskin? Rabbi Yehuda Sobot the Nigzal Have, Rabbi Yehuda holds it belongs to the Nigzal, and Rabbi Shimon Sobot the Gazlan Have, and Rabbi Shimon holds it belongs to the Gazlan, the thief. Rabbi Yehuda says, what grows on the animal is part of the animal, and therefore, sorry, yeah, the Nigzal, the one who it was stolen from, Rabbi Yehuda holds what grows on the animal is part of the animal, and therefore when you have to return the animal to the Nigzal, you have to return it with the wool on it. Whereas Rabbi Meir holds, Sorry, Rabbi Shimon holds, no, it's new wool that's grown, so it's a shinui, and therefore you don't have to return the wool. I suppose it depends how long you kept the animal. Well, I mean, we're assuming it improved. Yeah. That's I mean, if you shear the animal, you keep it safe for three months and it grows again. Yeah, so, so I mean, that's the, so, so then that's the question here. That wool is now on the animal, so when you have to return the animal, do you have to return it with the wool? Or can you return it without the wool? Well, it depends which wool you took. You're talking about the sheer... No, no, I'm talking about the wool that grew after it was stolen. It must go with the animal. Well, that's, uh, that's this much locus. Rabbi Yudah holds the nixal. Yes, it's on the animal that goes. And Rabbi Shimon says, no. It's new wool that grew in the thief's possession. That's a shilling. The new wool belongs to the thief. But who, who is it? Rabbi Meir that says... But remember, Rabbi Meir was the strict opinion. He said you have to improve and return even the improvement, even the shvach that's separate, Rabbi Meir held. But this is now Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Let me also say you have to return the sheep in the condition it was stolen. No, so, so both here, Rabbi Yehuda is saying you return the animal as is, even though it's more valuable. And Rabbi Shimon is holding, no, you work out the value of the animal at the time it was stolen, but the owner can't take this extra wool. The owner's, financially, the owner's not going to lose out because no. he's going to get the value of the sheep at the time it was stolen. Yes. The question is, can he insist, say, no, I'm taking my sheep with this wool? Well, That's honored. So Rabbi Yehuda says he can. Because it's part of the animal and it's his animal. And Rabbi Shimon says, no, you cannot. It's an improvement. It's, it's an improvement which is a shinui and therefore it belongs to the thief. So but he's already lost the wool that was on the animal when it was stolen. Okay, That's but he's going to get that. paid back for that. Separately. Well, again, the, the value of the animal that was stolen yeah. was an animal that was an animal plus wool that was nearly sheared. So Ponte Rebbe May is going to give back the animal, a Rebbe Shimon is going to give back the animal, and he's now going to pay in the difference to, to be an animal that has wool on it. Yeah. That's the difference. So and the, I can understand why the wool that's grown is, is now an improvement. The, the, yeah. The question. Now Rapopo gives a different explanation of the Mashmokes. The shevach that's on the animal belongs the gazlan have belongs to the thief. And here they're arguing on paying a percentage. And what this paying a percentage means, we'll see it, we'll clarify it as we go along, is basically the thief improved it, so he kind of did you a service. He looked after this animal, it grew a nice coat of wool, so you pay him 
the standard rate that you'd pay, I guess, a shepherd. <laughs> That's what the question is. Why? Rabbi Yehuda, Salva Shevach al Gabek Zayle Kulei de Gazen Havei. Rabbi Yehuda holds the Shevach that's on the on the atom belongs to the Gazlan. I, Rabbi Yehuda is like Rabbi Shimon of Ravzvid. He says basically, you, he gets to keep the wool. And he pays in what the difference is of an animal without wool. And Rabbi Shimon says, no, it all, it all goes to the original owner. Except the original owner has to now pay the thief the standard rate of a shepherd for having looked after his animal for the last few months. <laughs> okay, Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah. Well, he had to feed the animal also, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Died, yeah. Or gone down in value. Um, tonight we learned in a Mishnah, So now this is okay. He stole a cow and it became pregnant by him. Or he, and then it gave birth. Or he stole a sheep and it grew wool by him. And then he sheared it. I said, this is not where it grew wool under the owner and then it was stolen. Here it was all happened in the house under the then jurisdiction of the thieves. Says Yolda. Now, but now we make a deal. Says Yolda in law Yolda law. Other lawyer Hadrabaina. Since this that you pay back what was stolen is where it had already given birth. However, if it had not given birth, you just return it as it is. Or if it had not been shown, you return it as it is. I said he was waiting three months for this wool to grow and then he was going to shear it. But after two and a half months, they found him and they were wanted to return the sheep. So this implies that you return the sheep as it is. Now, according this price works out well according to Rabzid because he says the animal, the, the shearing that are the, the improvement that's connected, that's part of the animal, belongs to the owner, the one who it was stolen from. According to Rabbi Yehuda, so how many Rabbi Yehuda? So we can say our branches Rabbi Yehuda. Elul Rav Papa to Omer the Gazlan have they? But according to Rav Papa, who says it belongs to the Gazlan, how many loy Rabbi Yehuda? Loy Rabbi Shimon. It doesn't belong to Rabbi Yehuda. It doesn't fit in with Rabbi Yehuda or Rabbi Shimon. Again, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it belongs completely to the Gazlan, and according to Rabbi Shimon, the Gazlan only gets uh, gets uh, the standard rate of a shepherd. But neither of them hold it goes to the Nixal. So that doesn't fit in. So Amal Khora Papa Rav Papa says, Who are Dinafilu Loyalta Nami Kashasak Zaila Hutamashar? No. Rav Papa is saying um, Rav Papa is saying it actually makes no difference whether it gave birth or not. Oh, so why did we mention if it if it gave birth, implying that if it did not give birth it goes back? So why is this a filu lo yolda nami kishas exayla hu de mashanim? Oh, the hodik tani yolda. Why does it emphasize if it gave birth? I did not of reisha yolda. Since the reisha had to mention yolda, not if safer nami yolda, the safer also has to mention yolda. The reisha was. Thank you. The reisha was where the sheep. Um, where the sheep was stolen with wool on it, was stolen pregnant, and then it gave birth. So then it makes a difference whether it gave birth or not. The safer is a case where it was stolen and then it became pregnant, so there it makes no difference if it's subsequently given birth. 
So that's why the, but, but since the race is speaking about where it gave birth, it mentions in the race safer. If it, safer, if it where subsequent, gave subsequently gave birth and it became pregnant in the thief's domain, the, 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 the lamb belongs to the thief. Because the. Yes. He can keep the lamb and the, the sheep goes back. Well, again, um, it's it stolen without without being pregnant. But if it's still pregnant when he, when they catch him, then it all goes. Um, would we say even well, at least according to our papa? I think you're right. If you steal an animal and it's pregnant, you call them up where you steal an animal and it's pregnant, or no, you steal it and it's an not animal pregnant, it's not pregnant, and then it becomes pregnant, pregnant and it gives birth. Before yeah. it goes back to the owner. So according to Rav Papa, you would, um, according to Rav Papa, uh, I wrote it, um, Let's do let's do the next price and then we'll, I think it will clarify that. Tanya Kavai says Rav Papa. There's a price in line with Rav Papa. Rabbi Shimon Oimer Roy Nosaki Ilu Hishuma Eslo Bekesev Lemechta Lishlishu Revia. Rabbi Shimon says we view it as if it is you you view it monetary value and the thief gets paid a Shlish Revia a Mechta Shlish Revia gets paid for the improvement. Um, yeah. According to our papa, uh, it's, it's, it's not exactly, according to our papa, if the animal became, pre- it was stolen and then became pregnant, it makes no difference whether it gave birth or not. According to Rebbe, everyone, everyone agrees that um, according to Rebbe, Yehuda, it belongs to the thief. And according to Rabbi Shimon, it goes to the original owner, but he has to pay him for the for shepherd in here. It's very tricky. This there's a lot going on. Omar Ravashi Ravashi said, "Kiavinen be Rab Kahana." When I was learning by Rab Kahani, he boil on Rabbi Shimon to Omar Lemetzel Shish Revi who the Shokil Gazlan. According to Rabbi Shimon, who says the thief gets paid as if he was. Um, the standard rate for the improvement he did. When he's getting paid out, does he get paid out in money or can he insist on flesh, on part of the animal? So the thief says, okay, look, here's your sheep, I'm giving it back, but you owe me 30% of it. Can the thief insist I want 30% of the sheep, or do you pay him the equivalent of 30%? I mean, of the, of the improvement. That's a difficult one. So that's, that's what they were discussing in the yeshiva. Does the thief get to insist? So he says, And they answered it from this teaching of Rav Nachman Omar Shmuel. There are three who get the improvement of the land, but you remove them with money. Uh, they can't insist, they're getting shvach, but they can't insist on taking land as part of the shvach. The land goes fully to the person who's go to, it's supposed to go to, and he gets 
paid out for the shvach. I almost say you pay the shvach to get the land from him. What are they? Shvach is an improvement. Yeah. A bechor and a firstborn. This one I found the easiest, so it's just so. Uh, um, so, so I'll just discuss it, and you'll extrapolate from this to the others. But if you have a firstborn, he gets a double portion. So if you have two brothers and one field, he's going to get 60, 66% of the field, and Alan's going to get 33% of the field. However, if before dividing it, they farmed it, while they're wrapping up their estate, whatever, they farmed it and it went up in value. The Bukhar only gets 50% in the Shevach, in the improvement. improvement. So now, can the Bukhar say, okay, I want 66% of field, or 60, I want my, my two thirds field, plus for the Shevach in land, and the Poshut gets the. I mean, it's actually the poshut who will get more land because he's saying, well, instead of you getting two-thirds of the shvach, I'm getting, you're only going to get 50% of the shvach, and I want you to add that shvach to my land. And therefore, the bukhar is going to get slightly less than two-thirds of the field to balance out the shvach that now improves on the field. And he says, no, the bukhar pays in for the shvach. He, the bukhar gets two-thirds of the land. And knows that he has to give him 50% of the, of the shvach, He's going to have to pay him from the shvach that he gets, of the land that he gets. To remove him. Balchov lelokeach. Similarly, a balchov lelokeach. You collecting a debt from land that was subsequently bought. Remember, the land's bonded to the debt. So, you don't, when you're paying them back for the shvach, you don't have to leave it in land. The thief can take the actual value of the land, which could be all the land, and just pay in the value of the shvach. And and very similarly a balchov to yosomim. So just as in all these cases, the one that takes his full rights in the land still pays the shvach. We want to extend it so too by Rabbi Shimon. The owner takes his full rights in the animal, and he pays in for the, the thief for the shvach. So that's how we're using this case to answer. And we're going to... Yeah. Um, and we'll leave it here for today. Okay.